if you wanted to buy the country of Finland, all you would need is roughly $235 billion. A lot of money, right? Now, what if I told you that in 2021 alone, over 430 natural disasters worldwide caused damages of over $252 billion? Suddenly, buying Finland is looking like a pretty good deal. Human-induced climate change has spurred a sequence of widespread adverse weather patterns that go far beyond natural climate variability. And as our world cities get pummeled with increasingly violent disasters, investing in infrastructure better equipped to handle such events remains a vital goal. This is especially important when considering the proportion of people living within urban cities has increased over 10% in only 20 years, and it is projected to increase another 11% by 2050. Hello, I am your host, Mike Lake, and in today's preview, I will be talking with Myrna Bittner, CEO and co-founder of Run With It Synthetics, a 3D city simulation and visualization platform designed to help decision makers make informed choices when designing their cityscape to better prepare for disaster scenarios. Innovation, resiliency, discovery. Join Mike Lake, president and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Myrna. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. And to all of our guests, whether you're watching uh, or whether you're listening, it's great to have you all back. I can't wait to introduce you to Myrna Bittner. Myrna is the CEO and co-founder of Run With It Synthetics, which is a 3D city simulation platform created to streamline infrastructural choices and generate decision support data under both everyday and complex disaster scenarios. Whew, that's a mouthful. Myrna, tell us a little bit about yourself and how is it that you got inspired and motivated to, to do this work, to, to really think about the future uh, in, in the way that you do? Hi, Michael, uh, really happy to be here. And uh, and yes, I, I come from a, a, a rather diverse background um, with a, a background in, in communications uh, and sociology. So always fascinated by people and, uh, and, and fascinated by how people receive messages and create meaning and how that translates into action. I also have an interesting background in tech. So was really excited about um, about the internet in 1992. Started my first software company then, um, and uh, and progressed into the world of artificial intelligence also in the 90s with a neural net and 3D visualization company. So um, I think bridging the two worlds of how technology can solve um, small problems as well as monumental um, challenges is what brought me here today. Well, it's, clearly the world is is um, not not uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not seeking any more problems. We've got plenty of them, both large and small. Um, but some of these, you know, challenges are super complex. Um, you know, and I know that if we focus on just cities for a moment, just cities alone. I mean, thinking about all the complexities of 
trying to build a more sustainable community, but what does that actually mean? So when you work with your clients, what is the problem that they're really facing? I think it's, um, there are a variety of them um, that kind of intersect. But the number one, I think, problem has been, uh, we haven't been that good at the future yet. <laughs> mm. um, we There's a limitation, um, oftentimes our, our policy and our technology and our infrastructure is just like one step in front of the next, instead of um, being able to, because it's complicated, instead of being able to look up and look forward and and understand things that haven't happened yet, events that haven't happened yet, um, growth that hasn't happened yet. Um, and, and in this case, uh, particularly a lot of uh, climate issues and insecurity that um, that we haven't experienced before. And, and being able to make uh, decisions in that context is really challenging. And I think that's um, that's what you know, uh, our decision makers, the problem that they face is how do we be sustainable and do energy transition at the same time as we build resiliency into our population at the same time as we address one of the fundamental issues um, that that may not have had the, the type of uh, impact that we needed it to have in terms of equity, equity and social justice and, and um, ensuring that vulnerable populations are looked after. So um, the, those are kind of the three, um, the three big ones. You know, listening to you talk about this, I, I'm having flashbacks to high school trigonometry and, and breaking out into a cold sweat here. Uh, just thinking about all the variables that, that go into um, like scenario planning for that future that you're talking about. Um, I mean, where, where does somebody even begin in, in a process like that? The exciting part is that there is so much that is known, uh, except it has been um, left in, in research papers, on, on shelves, mm -hmm. it's in uh, dispersed data sets, it's in siloed uh, subject matter expertise, uh, and, and yet, and, and it's, it's all just waiting to be brought together and focused and, and, and augmented in some way. So, you know that to us is one of the exciting parts about beginning is uh, is this convergence of of what exists today and what we know and how exciting that is for people when we begin these projects to bring that together to see what's relevant at the core of an issue what's adjacent um, and and what is maybe out of the box in terms of what needs to be understood uh, when you're tackling a, a, a complex decision about whether it be you know, how do we increase the canopy of trees in our city to how do we deal with vulnerable populations as a part of our energy transition strategy? Um, or, you know, how, how do we actually share, get better at sharing infrastructure when we're when we're growing the density of our of our population in our cities? Well, so that that brings me to the run with the synthetics, right? I mean, you talk about pulling all this um, data together and I mean, we've heard often that data is the new oil, right? But really, data, to your point, is is valueless until it becomes information, something we can process, something you know, knowledge that we can leverage. Um, tell us a little bit more about a little bit about Run with It Synthetics and and how you are capturing this data for for the ability for decision makers to to make more informed decisions. Yeah. So. 
I think um, for us, it's, you know, uh, each time we're asked one of these really big questions, it's an adventure. Mm. Um, data is the new oil, oil being sticky and dirty and, and not always useful and, and kind of damaging sometimes. Um, the same can be said about data. It's, it's inherently biased. <laughs> it's uh, um, by how it's been collected or, or who has, has submitted it. It's, it's historical, so it's yesterday, um, not tomorrow. It, um, it is uh, oftentimes incomplete or irrelevant, um, and it's very siloed. So data stops and starts at where the collection process, uh, the boundaries of that sector. Um, and so really, um, that, that's kind of the, the, the way we look at it. Um, census is great, but it's obscured. It has hard to count. It completely misses hard to count populations. It, um, it ha has, there's entire invisible populations in terms of census that are some of the most vulnerable populations that we need to, to focus on. So, you know, there's, there's this idea of let's see what's there and what's, what's important, and then let's try to fix it. And, and then let's try to create models from what we know and add research and subject matter expertise to synthetically augment that data so we are seeing a more fulsome picture and, uh, and, and understand the data from different silos and sectors that connects um, in, in our environments. So, <clears throat> I mean, the complexities that we were talking about a moment ago are like, you can baffle the brain. Uh, just thinking about, uh, you know, just how complex some of these big challenges really are. Can you walk us through a little bit of the, that user experience, so to speak? How might somebody use use the tool that is run with its synthetics? Right. So, um, for example, uh, I'll, I'll give a project that we that we um, worked with the Electric Power Research Institute to accomplish, and it's a public-facing um, project that we did for the utility industry. And it was when COVID was just um, beginning to, to impact energy behavior, we, they'd lost their ability to forecast uh, for mm -hmm. utilities. And so energy prices were skyrocketing, the population was vulnerable, um, and there was heat events. Um, so, you know, what happens if you're a utility company and you're concerned about this new context for outages? And, uh, and so we were able to, uh, in, in a 12-week process, synthesize a never identified population, synthesize the grid and the grid assets in the area that we was under study, um, look at, uh, and for each household and business, we were able to synthesize how their energy behavior would have changed given who was staying home and who was having to work and what businesses were open and not. So the energy company could get an idea. And then they asked us to turn the lights out and, and please, please, please inform us on how that population will be impacted, who's most vulnerable, where might they be clustered, how do we need to deal with them in terms of communication as the outage ticks on, um, what are the, the uh, trust and engagement factors we should be considering with utilities when we, when we create these new communication plans because the world has just changed due to COVID. So it, it's those types of questions that we begin to build our, our scenarios and then we then we do runs. So we run what if scenarios about what if you use this type of 
communication? What if you had backup and auxiliary power the community could access? Um, what if you uh, made sure that seniors uh, in these areas were evacuated, um, you know, given what you knew about the outage versus what the community knew, uh, so you wouldn't have to wait until it was urgent? Um, you know, all of those types of, of relevant aspects and and how could you preserve your standing in the community during the, during this outage that it's under particular risk uh, and is very vulnerable uh, at this state of the pandemic to make sure that they were a willing partner to work with you as a utility as you go forward uh, to manage uh, energy and the grid and, and consumption, which we're all counting on this relationship between um, customers and, and our energy suppliers, because the future is really unique in the energy world. <clears throat> I mean, I'm just envisioning almost an endless uh, use cases for, for this kind That's of technology. That's good for us, yes. <laughs> so, um, the, the more people ask these questions, the more, um, you know, the more information they get so they can ensure no matter what happens, they they're building a robust future that can encounter many things we might not have even thought of yet. Well, that's it. I mean, it has applications in the business world and certainly in the public sector. Um, is there is there a particular use case that that you find to be um, most common in in terms of clients, or is it wide ranging and you're looking to go even wider? I think um, more and more uh, we're being asked, and this is a a, a necessity and being put out there as as something that that governments are seeing as as almost a requirement mm -hmm. is to to make these futures accessible for all so to not just have the decision makers in a in a back room making a, a you know a product choice or a, a funding choice or an investment choice but to really use these um, highly visual uh, accessible futures to help educate us all on uh, on what we need to do and very quickly and in very short order and what our choices are um, to engage with our, our own futures as citizens. And that to me is exciting, is not just the decision maker, um, you know, in a particular sector or, uh, or government, but actually, you know, engaging with people so that we can understand the vital role that we play. Changing minds is changing futures. Well, well said. You know, I, I've been through a number of when I worked in the federal government. You know, you had um, your continuing operations plans, and you had emergency preparedness, and you had all of these things. And you know, the, the, it's a great exercise to go through it. But listening to you, what I'm realizing is all of those are built on somewhat uninformed, no, mostly uninformed assumptions. Um, and even in the few experiences that I've had, most assumptions aren't right. Um, and that's in, when those scenarios come to play out. So um, one of the, I think one of the most exciting parts of, of what you're doing is truly empowering decision makers to make better decisions, like to to pull in all of this information that is available, but without something like run with it synthetics, just way too much to, to process. Um, so, I, you know, just last question, I guess. Uh, if you were to think 10, 25, 50 years out into the future, 
and every decision maker in the world is it has access to run with it synthetics and and can make decisions based on that information. What does it mean? What does it mean for that business or community? What does it mean for that individual or the planet? I think when I look at um, making those uh, generational decisions, and I and I hope they start, you know, sooner than 50 years. Um, we're really excited to be working with regions who are seeing the importance even now of those generational decisions, of those holistic and connected and interconnected decisions uh, uh, that that we are far better at the future than we have been for the last 150 years of our history. So that we can make those sometimes challenging decisions in the short term um, that have really significant impact in the long term and that we begin to connect and coordinate our understanding across boundaries because the globe has no boundaries. Climate migration is already touching us everywhere. Um, and uh, and that we can really be become better at anticipating even the things that are unimaginable today um, as realities. And, and so mm -hmm. when we get there, we're good. Like that's that's really um, you know what what I'm I'm hoping that this can can become and whether it's run with its synthetics or whether it's run with its synthetics and a bunch of amazing companies who have picked up this um, this capability, uh, I, I think that it, it is incredibly necessary in order for us to stop talking and 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 writing and and start acting um, as as a planet. Well, I, I'm so happy to hear you say it because I, I see the the future you're creating for us. Um, uh, it's it's as always the time goes by way too fast on preview of tomorrow. But I do want to thank you for joining us and and sharing a little bit about the huge impact that Run with It can have uh, for the world. Uh, it's been an honor having you here today. Thank you so much, Michael. Well, thank you. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guest today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.